Walk across the country? I don't have the balls. I'm Joe Fulgham. When my doctor told me my testicle was swell, I thought it was a good thing. I'm Kevin Leeson. It's fair to say that a horse almost killed me. I'm David Dedrick. The winner of this fight will be crowned the greatest grandmother of them all. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. David Dedrick is our special guestbert for this follow-ups episode. Follow-ups number 16. Do you have any phobias? I don't like insects very much, but I don't know if that's a phobia. All insects? What yeah. lengths do you go to to avoid insects? <laughs> Not Because you can't. Yeah, that's the thing. I <laughs> I just find them creepy. Like when I was a kid, I would read a – I had a big book of like – animals like all of nature you tear out the and i would well i would be reading it i'd be happily reading about deer and then there'd be a picture of deer with like some sort of horrible tick inhabiting it and and you'd be like why is this in this book for children and then you turn a page and my finger would be on this really gross looking insect and i would just kind of slide it down because that is not nice (laughs) and turn the page because you thought thought insects could come out of the picture i'm not into that i don't know if you've ever seen that spongebob where they like there's a caterpillar that belongs to the squirrel character, and, and right. SpongeBob and Patrick are all happily playing with it. Oh, yeah. And then one day they come back and it's gone, and there's just like a cocoon. Oh. And then when they come back again, it's turned into a butterfly, but they have this close up of what a butterfly actually looks like, and they're terrified of it. Uh-huh. Because that's the reality of insects, is they look terrible. Like even a ladybird, which is fairly nice looking, when you look at it really closely, yeah. you don't want to look closely. Once you get past the, the, the red yeah. and white spots, that's right. horror. Yeah. As long horror. as I'm not carrying a magnifying glass, though, I'm fine. Yeah. I've What's never, your worst injury? My worst injury was I was I used to be a farrier, a horseshoer. A farrier? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why did, do they call it a farrier? Did they cut because all your the, wings off so you can fly anymore? <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, they call it a farrier because fair is iron in French, so oh, uh, yeah, they work fair material. Mm. Yes, got it. And As opposed to somebody who like has the pole and just uh, pushes people yeah. across a river. Not, not a fairy man. And yeah. it's distinct from a blacksmith who. You know, works and with metal, whereas a farrier works with horses and metal. So there's a distinction right. between mm-hmm. the two, although they often intertwined. In Sometimes small people say, "Hey, horsey blacksmith, come over <laughs> yeah, here." That's right. That's right. And one time I was working on this horse that was a terrible horse in every way. Mm-hmm. It just got worse and worse. And one day I was kneeling in the nails, and so the nail was sticking out, and it decided at that moment to tear its foot away from me. Oh! And I cl- reflexively clenched my legs together to stop it from doing that, and it pulled the nail through my leg, cut an artery at the back of my leg. Oh! <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you, t- you do them like t- all turned around and everything. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm facing to the back of the horse yeah, with the front, front leg through my leg. Right. And so Woo. luckily the, ladies, the lady who owned the horse was a doctor. So she quickly Andy. put a pressure uh, right. bandage on me and said, mm. go to emergency right now. Yeah. So, Ride so this horse. Me- <laughs> 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 I'm not going to drive later. you. <laughs> Five days later. Well, I, I actually just drove home. I didn't bother going to emergency. I didn't oh, wow. See- there was no blood, immediate blood. Way to not listen to the doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you're working with horses in that sort of uh, intimate way, this common sense isn't a big part of your life. So, uh, Got it. You know, what the heck? That does sound like a horrible injury. I think that's our first I've... pierced artery on, we've had on the show. <laughs> 
I've you never had, had that much blood in my shoe. That's have you the, ever had an oh. insect pierce your artery? And you, so a horse has done that, but an insect has never caused that kind of no, damage. Maybe you I'm should not, be more afraid of well, horses than you are of insects. Yeah. You, might yeah. have a, you might have a point Or, or nails. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of hard to enter any kind of but building, But you know, though. guys, if you use horse sense, you will be safe around horses. Is that true? Mm. That's one thing. Being a farrier, I learned a few things. One is that you should always strike while the iron's hot. Okay, uh-huh. yes. You thought that was like something that you never would have to actually put into practice, but I did. Okay. Yeah. And then my in-laws have a farm, and I learned that you should make hay while the sun shines. Yes. Got it. Those are things that right. actually are important to know. And right. by horse sense, I'm assuming you mean that if it's ticking you off, you throw pennies at it. <laughs> that's exactly mm-hmm. what I didn't mean, but that's okay. fine if mm-hmm. you want to incorporate That's coffee. what I would do. That's my horse sense. <laughs> have a scent horse. Ting. Probably the most humiliating injury I've had from horses is being pooed on. Oh, that's another is that an injury, though. It's it's, it's, it's moral. It's a morale injury. Right. Right? Uh, so. You hits. feel you feel lesser. You feel like the horse has had its, had its way with you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, like you, you can't ever undo that. That is a, not, you can't make it so that, that has not happened. You can to you. pull on a horse though. Fair is fair. That would be farrier is farrier. Yeah. So when you tell that story, do you think that evens it out? Like you're yeah. like, yeah. So. And then I got on the horse and I shat my pants on the horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would the customer think? Mm-hmm. They're there with you, you know. So that would be <laughs> even that better. Right? I used to say to them, if if your horse if your horse hits me, I will hit you. Oh. Because did that ever actually happen? Well, cause uh, then no. it, because then if they're lying to you about how peaceful it is, they'll immediately go, oh, wait um, a second. well, uh, maybe you should do mm-hmm. it from over here instead. Yeah. Whereas this other time I was doing these Percherons for these people. Now, Percherons are just gigantic horses, kind of like Clydesdales. And uh, these people were not very experienced. And so despite my insisting that we start with the quietest horses first and move to the the most excitable, they wanted to do the opposite. That we want to caused. get you as hurt as possible yeah. first. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, it just got all these horses running around like mad. So all the horses were excited after right. I did this one excitable horse. And I was standing talking to this man, and he was looking at me, not looking at his horses that were running around madly. And this horse kicked out its rear legs at him and missed his head by like inches. And I've never seen someone almost die in front of me. Like <laughs> he, he was and, just about dead. And, like, and that would have been it. And utterly oblivious. Yeah, he didn't yeah, even he see didn't it. Even see it didn't even know it. And I was just, oh, these people. Never will I do this again. And uh, I never went back. Do farriers uh, get danger pay? This no, sounds terribly dangerous. No, it's really, you're you're a self employed person, so you get you're, paid in sugar cubes. You get paid, uh, yeah. you get paid by what the horse has. That's right, <laughs> grain and sugar cubes. Ah, but you never you know where to go for a game of horseshoes. That's true. Right? You never, you never get to bring sure. some home afterwards? Or well, do you have like a box? I don't know if you're familiar with horseshoes. They, they're made differently because they have that little hooked. There's a hook on the inside of the horseshoe yep. and you throw it. That, like a lip? Yeah, yeah. Actual horseshoes don't have, don't have, don't have the little hook oh. on the bottom. What? The We're heel. not using authentic horseshoes <laughs> no, for our pastimes a, and hobbies? You're not. You're not at all. I think we should give up throwing horseshoes just throw the whole horse. That's it. I will right. never. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you want to go play some horse? Yeah, exactly. oh, there's already a game called horse, though. It's basketball. Mm, okay, right. so now we're going to merge the two. You have to throw the horse, horse through, through a hoop. hoop. That's right. Okay. <laughs> is the actual name for basketball horse? No, no there's a game there's a, called there's a oh, game it's a where you shoot. Okay, kind of like you have to. I get it. I don't even know how it works. Sure, I'm not a sports. It must be interesting. Guy. Then. <laughs> so we know you're a farrier. Nah. Was once, but yes. Was once a farrier. Yes. What else are you? Well, I do a podcast called Sneaky Dragon. Uh, we just did our 150th episode. Um, oh, hey. So we're pretty proud of ourselves. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, we're it proud was, of you too. Thanks. It was fun. We did the question and answer. So we had listeners sending questions and we answered them. And it took us about three and a half hours to get through them all. Wow. So it was I'm- a manly man show. I'm really. Uh, I'm apologizing to all my listeners uh, whenever I get in contact with them for putting them through that. I hope they don't all listen at once. So, so for anybody who hasn't heard your show, you surreptitiously uh, uh, tow people behind vehicles of some kind or another? 
Is that sneaky, sneaky dragon? <laughs> I get it. Uh, no, the sneaky dragon actually is an actual dragon that he's sort of our our mascot, right. our, oh. our little. And he came out of a, a sketchbook I once drew. I drew this. I was just drawing like a bunch of different scenes, and from behind one of the images, I drew this dragon mm. sort of peeking around the corner, mm-hmm. being sneaky. And so I wrote "sneaky dragon" right. above it to indicate what thought, it was. And then you thought yeah. years later this would be the name of my podcast. I did think that. I uh-huh. thought that would be a good name and a good little mascot to have. So. It's difficult to get yeah. good domain names these days. Hey, I'll bet you "sneaky dragon's available. It was yeah. calm. Dude. There you go. Calm. I didn't need to go TV. The cartoonist part of you that I know about yeah. is because you draw a little uh, sneaky dragon drawing for each of your episodes. I do a title like card the, for each episode. Yeah, That's title right. card. I feel like we started talking about horses. <laughs> sure, we can yeah, go. All right. That. My wife is a she's a longtime pony clubber. What does that mean? She clubs oh, po- how many I, ponies? She, yeah, clubs? yeah. She's it's the alternative to the seal hunt. It's a different. Yeah. <laughs> got a, the, the seal hunt has become so humane, unpopular. That's right. That they've got to go out and get ponies mm-hmm. now. It's a more humane version of mm-hmm. of the seal club. Well, mm-hmm. the blood doesn't show up on the fur uh, like it does on the white baby seals. <laughs> right. Uh, like on you get ponies. Get a, a lot with away with a lot more. Yeah, because there's all sorts of different modeled colors and whatnot. So the clubbing is uh, doesn't doesn't read so poorly on camera like the seal clubbing. Does. This is horrifying. But uh, no, it, pony club is. A, is an international organization of, of horse education. It has riding, le- riding as part of it, you know, like events and rally and all these sort of little things that help kids through the year. And then there's testing as well. So you can test through the levels and uh, it's sort of an organized way to learn about horses and ride. And So on our comments section for our horses episode, got it. our old friend Gavin Pitts oh, <laughs> wrote a few choice tidbits. A story attributed to Alexander the Great is that he came across one of his soldiers shackled why is that man in chains? For bestiality with his horse, my lord. And Alexander <laughs> says, fool, take him out of those shackles and put him in the cavalry. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's the same way they use for the British Navy. That's uh-huh. the same recruiting method they use for the British Navy. Do you love uh, horses? Not How much horse, do you love horses? Do you horses, love horses enough to be for in people here? sneaking up and horses, trying to have sex with the bilge pumps on boats? That's right. That's Got what it. I meant. Or figureheads. Those figureheads. Those <laughs> oh, so convenient. A boobid figureheads. Is that why they did it? Those were like honey traps for sailors? Yeah, they go. Drunken guys walking on the pier. Ah, there's a girl. Let's go in there. And then they pass out in the boat. And like they wake up the next day in the middle of the ocean. No, just captain just leans and whispers to his first mate, set sail. We've got five. <laughs> right? I want just all taking a different five. orifice of the uh, yeah. of the figurehead. That, that mighty man of war with its five sailors. Yeah. <laughs> well, just five new Poor ones. guys are really working oh, hard. You just got five new ones. Oh, five new ones. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's why they always her nipples say. are so hard. The rest of her is pretty hard, too, but her nipples are so hard. It's like she's made out of wood. Aussie champion thoroughbred racehorse Far Lap is mm. still on display at three Australian museums. Skin in one, what? heart in another, and bones in the third. Got it. Okay. All right. They do like to memorialize uh, famous racehorses with their bones. There's uh, Eclipse. The most famous racehorse of all time is, is his bones are in Newmarket in England. Mm-hmm. Newmarket is kind of the center of horse racing in England. That's where is all the training right? happens. So, mm. And he was uh, a relative of Secretariat. Got it. Horse bones. Who knew? They came down from the same line. The very first horse was Pocahontas. The very first horse in the world? No, the very first horse in that line <laughs> right. of uh, horse. Because Secretariat had this X gene that gave him a heart that was about two and a half times larger than the ordinary thoroughbred. It's like the opposite of the Grinch. Yes, uh-huh. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. normal horse has about eight to ten pound heart. And his right. was Secretariat, so it's about 23 pounds. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's this really unusual gene. And does that make him run faster? It made him run a lot faster. Like he was about maybe 20 strides faster than any other horse in his final race during Mm -hmm. the Kentucky Derby. He uh, was put out to stud eventually. And 
his first generation were all first real... they took his bones out. <laughs> That's right. Put him so, in a museum in Newmarket. All his first generation were mostly flops in terms of as race as racehorses. But it was the next generation that so I guess it was like a recessive gene or it skipped a generation. Oh, okay. And so the next generation of horses were all giant hearted. High, high achievers, yeah. Did anybody see the cell? Yeah. Do you no. remember the visible yes. horse scene? I hated that scene. That's what Gavin mentioned. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, oh it's absolutely repulsive to me. Listen, <laughs> the movie is uh indecipherable. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, hard to watch, uh, even harder to follow, Yeah. but it is shot okay. beautifully. Yeah. Right. Mm. I'll admit it that. It is real. The cinematography and everything is incredible, but it is. it makes no sense. Yeah. So it's got this, it starts off, there's a horse in what looks like uh, some kind of uh, glass box. Mm-hmm. And it's all together, but the box is segmented. Yeah. And then as, uh, and she's in a dream world, so this is right. all weird, dreamy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as she gets close to it, those boxes start to separate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as they separate, you can see the meat yeah, it's like body world. It's like a body world yeah. exhibit. It's and, kind and of like right. body world. And actually, I totally forgot that this was in the cell, but this was uh, for any of the fans of Hannibal the TV series, which I recommend. It is awesome. Mm. Everybody should go back and watch season one and two. Uh, but in season two, they uh, they also, Hannibal does this to somebody. Huh. So, oh, uh, a person. And this a person. Is, when I was in farrier school, we regularly sawed through legs to look inside them. So to see the uh, anatomy. Horse legs that or human legs? Yeah, human legs and horse legs, of course. <laughs> It wasn't very popular with the other students, the human leg part. But uh, no, when horses are rendered, they'll sometimes they'll put aside the legs for, for schools and stuff to look at. So. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we started learning as farriers, we learned to trim and nail a horseshoe onto a, onto a dead leg before right. we did it on living legs. Because <laughs> that makes a lot of serious sense. Serious issues can happen if you make mistakes on, on right. live animals. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. You get a little kicky. <laughs> and my final project, I had to boil all the flesh off some bones and make a bone model of the lower leg of a horse. Hey, let me really? Ask, yeah. let, let me ask you this. Made about, for a smelly house. Uh, let me ask you this about like uh, the horse trade and whatever. You always see in movies and television that as soon as a horse breaks a leg, mm-hmm. and horses might as well kill it, yeah. right? Yeah. Has there ever been a case where somebody said, screw it, we're giving this horse a wooden leg? Peg leg Pete. <laughs> right? Leg. I don't know about a wooden leg, but horses have... Bionic... Have cyborg legs. No. It would be, the problem with for horses and, uh-huh. and most horse sciences is that there's no money in it. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to do that. So for someone to even if a horse, the, sometimes you love your horse so much. No, yeah. but even if like say a secretariat who has a, an inherent value stud wise, right? Because it's a very mm-hmm. valuable bloodline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it were to break its leg, you'd yeah. think that it would be worthwhile to perhaps instead keep it around of, for a while. Keep it around yeah. for a while so yeah. we can still keep humping but the semen. Yeah. In the lady horses. What's <laughs> yeah. the lady horse called? A foal, you mean, or a filly? Sorry, a filly. A filly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say horset, but a Philadelphia. Okay. We have a comment from L on CausticSodaPodcast.com. The letter L or E-L-L-E? L, the letter L. Oh. Capital. Mm. Capitalized. I like uh, single-lettered people. The entry course you mentioned is the Grand National. It is the biggest horse racing event in the UK. It's been running annually since 1839, and it's pretty unusual if a horse doesn't die. They've <laughs> oh. made the race a lot easier in the past 20 to 30 years, but the biggest problem is the massive starting field of 40. Mm-hmm. So when one horse falls, it usually takes out... One half, others at least, as jockeys and horses simply can't get out of the way. So it takes out like half of the other horses. I think they yeah, mean one or, like I, think, a NASCAR race. I think they meant one slash two, perhaps one or two instead of one half of a horse. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we get for people writing uh, comments as yeah. opposed to recording an audio recording and 
sending it to us. I've got some numbers here. From the 1970s to the 80s, the Grand National saw a total of 12 horses die. Mm -hmm. And uh, from 1990 to 2010, even after some modifications to the courses, there were 17 equine fatalities. 17 out of 20 years. So So that is pretty much a horse a year. But what's interesting about that is it actually speaks more to poor horsemanship than it does to the, the... what they're riding in. So you'll see nowadays there are more fatalities in, in cross-country events in riding, like 3D eventing, than there would have been 20 or 30 years ago because the riding has gone down in quality, not because the horses mean? have gone down. Well, because... Like people just don't know how to control Oh, their snap. He's trash-talking. He's throwing <laughs> yeah. the gauntlet down. Right. Because people's positions aren't as good as they were 30 years ago. Like if you look at how people rode in the past and how they ride now people sit up more and they're not with their horse they're actually working in opposition to their horse oh so they're when, not in tune with their horse exactly mm-hmm. so when you end up in a situation where balance is required then people are falling off and hurting themselves so the it's, best way for me to ride a horse is basically to lie on it and hug it <laughs> mm-hmm. well to follow if follow to, the horse to try yeah to, to go try with to the horse. match up my arms and legs mm-hmm. with the horses you yeah. want well you want to be over the horse's neck as much as you can so if a horse is going up a hill you want to Stand up in the saddle and be a little over yeah, its neck. I saw, I saw the man from yeah. Snowy River. There you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with uh, making fun of jockeys because we're not supposed to be punching down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a big fan of those books by that author from England who writes all about jockeys, then you like the Grand National. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his name? I can't remember. No, suddenly, although I read his books. I don't know. I read his books constantly as a 20-year-old. Dick, Dick Francis. Francis. Dick Francis. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank in, you. From the cheap in the, seats. In the sound booth. Yeah. L also says, not sure what it says about us Brits, that it's the most watched horse race of the year. Don't view boring horse racing. View horse racing where everyone will get horribly trampled and die. Oh, so yes. it's, it's pretty much the it's NASCAR, like NASCAR of yeah. horse racing. Yeah. Like yeah. People don't watch NASCAR because they want to see a car go mm-hmm. around uh, an oval 500 times. They're waiting for the crash. Mm-hmm. I also have to mention the fanatical and cutthroat Arabian halter show slash breeding people uh-huh. who have been known to subject their horses to radical treatments in an attempt to create the perfect, quote-unquote, Arabian horse, including tattooing, drugging, and cosmetic surgery. Tattooing creates mm. a perfect horse? Interesting. Probably just to get colors right. Not unusual. Ooh. Or maybe it's like a rune for a spell, you know? Oh, yeah. Like oh. uh, go full Dungeons and Dragons on your horse? Like the, the horse with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Call back to our sleep disorders episode. Oh. This uh, was pointed out by someone on our website named OCP. Oh, mm. other countries' peoples? Isn't OC, OCP OCP is the from name of the, the Robocop the company? Robocop company yeah. Yeah. Oh, at 209. Omni Consumer Products. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Omni Consumer Products. So 2007, Malaga, Spain. I am sure that I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've actually translated this from Google Translate. Oh, great. That always ends up a flawless translation. <laughs> yeah. wow. A man murdered his wife and mother and wounded his two children with an axe and a hammer. Ooh. Supposedly the offender oh, was... Oh, axes follow up too. Yes, mm. yes. Supposedly, the offender was living a dream and confused his family with killer ostriches attacking him. What? <laughs> wow. The prosecution asked for mm. the alleged pet parasite 53 to be acquitted and left in custodial treatment for at least 10 years. Was it a case of sleep axnea? Oh, sleep axnea. The incident occurred on the morning of January 11th, 2001, when the defendant woke up confused, allegedly under the influence of parasomnia. He rose from the bed, believing that he was being attacked by some ostriches. Okay. As we know from our episode, parasomnias are a category of sleep disorders that involve abnormal movements, behaviors, emotions, perceptions, and dreams that occur while falling asleep, uh-huh. sleeping between sleep stages, or during arousal from sleep. 
Most parasomnias are dissociated sleep states, which are partial arousals during the transitions between wakefulness and NREM sleep or wakefulness and REM sleep. So your brain has problems figuring out that you're not dreaming, basically. Yeah. So if you were going to have a case of parasomnia, what do you think, what way, shape, or form would it manifest itself? Well, I've I've talked in my sleep. That's probably the extent of it. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I think uh, eating. I'd eat, I'd eat something that shouldn't be eaten. Mm. Right. Yeah. The pillow. I'd like eat my iPad. <laughs> right. You dreamt you ate a marshmallow and you woke up, your pillow was gone? Yeah. Something along those lines. It's a classic gig. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Well, I have a parasomnia. Well, oh. I, ha- I had a parasomnia. I seem to have I seem to have grown out of it, which is I had sexomnia. Mm-hmm. I would I would start having sex in my sleep and usually I would wake up at some point. Uh-huh. To, to a rather happy awakening, to be uh, honest with you. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know how my wife felt about it. So, yeah. you know, the middle of the night being assaulted by her husband and, uh, you know, uh-huh. suddenly he's having sex with her. And, it mm-hmm. is hard to give consent when you're sleeping. Now, it's hard you, to ask for it, too. Did you have yeah. this yeah. Yeah. You had this before you got married and were perhaps in your bed alone? And if, in that case, what would happen? I did have it, actually. Um, I would be rather overly affectionate with anyone who tried to wake me up, whether it was my mom oh, right. or someone else. <laughs> oh, so, yes, okay. Yes, it's a little embarrassing. But, you know, at that time, I never knew what it was. I just uh, so would you weird sleeping. got all handsy. Yes. Right. So this guy, getting back to the story, got out of bed, mm-hmm. immediately took an axe and a hammer, and thinking he was defending himself from the large birds, started hitting his wife of 46 years, killing her. And gravely wounding his mother, 81, who died days later. Oh, wow. Also injured were his two children, a girl aged 16 who received multiple injuries to her face and jaw and multiple skull fractures. His 19-year-old son suffered only a cut on his ear. So he got off lightly. Wow. Following these events, the alleged assailant tried to commit suicide. If you, if no you, doubt. If you were the one member yeah. of the family who didn't die and only got nicked on your ear, would you feel lucky or unlucky? Mm. Yeah, it's exactly. a difficult question. Yeah. It's difficult. Uh-huh. That's, that's, a lot to that's like with. trying to choose which negative number is the highest. Like, uh-huh. yeah, okay, it's only a negative fifty, and uh-huh. these people got negative five thousands, but still a negative fifty. Like, uh-huh. uh, he jumped from the first floor of a neighboring house and landed on the roof of a car that was parked there. The prosecution accused the crime. that was his attempted suicide. Yeah, a one-story fall. I'm not, and I'm not exactly sure if I assume that this is while he was lucid and awake. All right. Yeah, not Got it. as part of the. I think it was. Uh, I would guess it was a spontaneous act rather than a planned. Come yeah. to see what he did. Be unable to yeah. handle yeah. it. Right. Throw exactly. himself out the window. Maybe aim for his head, like on a one-story fall, hoping that right. will do it. Mm-hmm. Not thinking straight. Yeah. yeah. The penal code states that a person who commits a criminal offense on account of any defect or mental impairment impairment cannot understand the wrongfulness of the act or act on that understanding. Right. As for civil liability, the prosecutor requested to compensate his family and affected by crime more than 98,000 euros for moral damage and health costs, while the owner, while for the owner of the damaged car claims 438 euros. Got it. Yeah. All right. For the car. Paint job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they had to remove the shape of a man from the roof of the car. Mm Mm-hmm. Forensic evidence from doctors and specialists are being presented to demonstrate the sleep disorder, including doctors at the National Institute of Toxicology. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, couldn't anybody who killed their family in the middle of the night kind of claim something along these lines and just uh, see if you can get away with it? Or, well, uh... this leads us to 2014 Sundsvall, Sweden. Okay. A 26-year-old man who had sex with a woman while he was asleep has been acquitted of rape because he suffered from sexomnia, according to an appeal court ruling. Okay. The incident hmm. took place earlier this year with the victim waking up to find the man, Mikhail Halverson, uh-huh. assaulting her. They had been sleeping in the same bed, but each had their own blanket, according to court documents. Mm-hmm. Okay. She called the police the next morning, who arrived to find Mikhail still in her bed. He was sentenced to two years in prison. 
The appeals court has now overruled the charges, with Mikhail stating that he was asleep when the attack happened. The court said that the man had no intention to rape the woman and was unconscious of what was happening. The decision was mainly motivated by the intervention of a doctor specializing in sleep disorders who said that the defendant could suffer from so-called sexomnia. The diagnosis was corroborated by Mikhail's previous partner, who testified that he had previously tried to have sex with her while she was asleep, and when she tried to stop him, he acted confused and as though he was unaware of what was going on. All right. Mikhail's mother also confirmed that he has previously suffered from disturbed sleeping patterns. According to psychiatrists specializing in sexomnia, a condition that has not yet been widely researched or recognized, it is a sleeping disorder closely, closely related with sleepwalking, which includes sexual behavior. Mm, sleep wanking. Sleep wanking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those affected by sexomnia are completely unaware of their acts, specialists say. However, the affliction is likely to remain controversial among physicians and lawyers. Yeah. I mean, I have no doubt that this happens. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's also a super easy way to claim that it, it does, you, know, it, you didn't do what you did. Offense. So yeah. It is open to that. but And you'd have to th- think that the person would have a... Some amount of of uh, a track record, yeah, 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 some sort of history history, history of that kind of behavior yeah. before yeah. they can claim that. Yeah, you can't just have somebody running around like stroking it, going, "Yeah, I'm asleep, <laughs> jokers." <laughs> that seems less than believable. Yeah, mm-hmm. or once you know you've got it, once you know you've got it, let everybody know. Like, don't ever invite somebody to just sleep in your bed, right? Because yeah. you know, because right. yeah. you go, well, listen, and even tell them, like, yeah, that's right. If I try something, punch me. Because yeah. it's sexomnia. Like, if you have to be sleeping in the same Yeah, that's how I got place. broken into the habit, actually, is my wife did hit me. Oh, good. Oh. I was, <laughs> in the junk? She just wasn't in the mood that night, <laughs> and I said right. no. And I guess that kind of broke the cycle. And I, oh, really? And so that, it was that easy? Yeah, Oh, apparently. she broke but what, She broke the cycle with her punch. So <laughs> evidently, your sexomnia I don't was something it. physical that she snapped in half. I don't remember. Yeah. But the thing is, is, the other thing is, I always woke up during the act. So I didn't sleep through the entire thing. Oh, I mm. see. I would wake ah. up at some point, and then I would be like, oh... Wait a second. I'm doing it. So, yeah. you know, this is kind of... Right. Wait, I didn't consent to this. <laughs> you raped yourself. You stupid body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In cases of parasomnia, a person isn't usually dreaming, but instead they are undertaking an automatic action, such as walking across a room, mm. drawing a bath, or even driving around the block, as we talked about oh, so, sleep driving. So uh, I have parasomnia every day. Because I, I breathe without even thinking about it. I go to sleep, but I still wake up breathing. These kinds of sleep behaviors are more common if a person is very tired or has taken sleeping aids. Mm-hmm. Although sex Sleeping aids? Is that a new kind of aids? Yeah, this, the sleeping aids. I can aids. be scared of this one again? Yes. I'm not scared of old aids, AIDS anymore. AIDS is back, but now sleeping it's sleeping aids. Sleeping aids is in. Oh, what's this one all about? Yeah. You're safe if you never go to sleep. Yeah. Just remember that. Just guy. wear a body condom while you sleep. Oh, that's what I'll do. Around your brain. Uh, well, I don't have one of those right now, so I'll just tape together a bunch of grocery bags or uh, yeah, yeah. garbage bags yeah, and then just wrap myself in that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Send us here. pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put them up in the post. <laughs> Even though sexomnia is rare, there are clear questions and diagnosis tools to figure out if a person suffers from the sleep disorder. Red flags that could signal a person is faking symptoms would, indi- would include actions that are more refined and responsive. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. For example, like when somebody says, hey, are you sleeping? Uh, yeah. <laughs> For example, a person might try to bake a cake in their sleep, but they won't finish baking the cake and then ice it if they are asleep. Dr. Mark Eric Dyken, D-Y-K-E-N, okay. a professor of neurology and director of the Sleep Disorder Clinic at the University of Iowa, said he's seen people who attempted to blame parasomnia for their actions. Dyken said doctors have to be careful to remember that while sexomnia is a real and studied sleep disorder, it is also very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, as we've evidenced by this, one in four of us has it, so 25% of the world. 
suffers from it. This is why Kevin is not a scientist. Have uh, any of you hallucinated? Like when I was in the hospital, I was on morphine. Uh, I've hallucinated, yeah. Yeah, and that's ter- that's terrifically real to you. Like it's, mm. I mean, I thought my uh, parents and my brother and sister-in-law who came to visit me were, I've been reading a lot of Philip K. Dick at the time. I thought that they were <laughs> these sort of duplicates of themselves who had come to question me. And I was completely oh, hostile to them, right. and not pretend hostile, like absolutely like, dead get the fuck serious. Away from me. Yeah, right, because they my, were the reptilians yeah. who run the country. <laughs> my, my brother <laughs> said, "I've never, you know. I've never had anyone look at me with such hatred before." <laughs> you know, because I just believed to my very soul that they were these robots who come to question. Oh, me. that's mm. awesome. We got a couple comments on the website from the Sleeping Disorders episode. Raptor Chick says, "My grandpa had some serious." Pretty serious nightmares. My mom once told me a story about when she was young. She woke up in the middle of the night to a blood-curdled scream. It turned out that Grandpa dreamed that he was in bed with a giant snake and tried to strangle my grandma. Oh, wow. wow. Everyone was okay, though. Okay. That's also known Woo. as sexomnia. Got it. <laughs> strangling the giant Ooh. snake? Yes. Uh, strangling the Some giant snake kinda... is something else entirely. Um, that, metaphor? Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, somebody pumping themselves up. I strangled a giant snake last night. Not a small one. Not a garter snake. Not a garter snake. Right. A python. Yes. I strangled a python. You know what I'm saying? Largest snake in the world. I tamed the python every other day. Desert Poppy commented. My husband and I listen to these podcast. I listen to our podcast every week. Him usually before me. We listen to it again later on. Aww. Oh wow! I guess he vets it to make sure it's suitable yeah, for her to right. listen to. Why are we assuming it's a her? Anyway, it's fine. That's true. Mm. This week he listened and was, and was excited afterwards because all of my nightmare issues were talked about, mm. but we never really had names for them. Uh-huh. I think I suffer from hypnagogia as well as night terrors. I never had them as a kid, but went through some pretty traumatic stuff that, I resur- that resurfaced after my grandma died when I was 21. I'm 27 now. Mm-hmm. Frequently, even more so when I am stressed out, I will freak out and wake up thinking someone is in the room with me, attacking us in bed. I'm sweating. My heart is racing. And have been tempted to reach for my gun to save us. Ah, that person should not have a gun next to them while they're sleeping. Wait, wait. Why is there a gun? I I appreciate that they're a fan of the show, but Desert Poppy, do not sleep with your gun next to you. No. This is not a good idea. Put it in a locked gun safe that you can't open while asleep. Yes. You could even have, you could have like a kind of a a mild dream that you think you're answering the telephone and that could be also horrible. (laughs) Hello, bang. Yeah. It's for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One sec. He's right here. No, stop pointing at me. I get. And uh, I am inconsolable for quite some time. Occasionally turning into tears. My husband would frequently have to shake me out of the terror, and I have hit him or attacked him once or twice with a gun. But thankfully, mm. not shot him <laughs> yet. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know what this is. This is actually a follow-up to Perfect Murder. Desert oh. Poppy. Mm. Desert oh, Poppy is setting She's themselves laying, laying up it out. for a an alibi. Rock As you can hear, alibi. Your Honor, we loved each other and listened to this podcast together, <laughs> where I admitted my problem that caught. Yeah, that, uh, and ultimately... then we get called into court, and that's when we do our law episode. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, right, guys? Yeah. Wow. I think that the husband hasn't carefully vetted these shows enough. Mm -hmm. So the husband better make sure that there's a locked gun safe. (laughs) And perhaps in their own best interest. They both have guns on either side of the bed. Oh, it turns into a shootout. (laughs) Husband, we know you're listening to this first. Take precautions. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yes, do not reveal this episode to Desert Poppy. Tell them that they shouldn't listen to it. This is your only warning. I usually do not recall any of this until he brings it up the next day, asking if I remember the episode. And when I finally do, I can describe what I thought was going on at the time. 
After discussing this with my therapist, she suggested I listen to listen if my dogs are upset, which they would be if there was a real stranger in the room. Oh yeah, got it. Right? That's clever. I think that about my dog, but then like there's times when but he's, he's so completely stupid. non-responsive yeah. to like somebody entering the house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like my roommate's home. Why are you not doing anything? You normally bark. He's like, yeah, whatever. I assume uh, you Man's feed me, friend. so I hope someone yeah. has come to kill you. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's what's happened. He's changed his mind. (laughs) When I remember to do this, usually after I have almost fully woken up, I find myself able to calm down and go back to sleep because they're asleep too and no one is in the room. Interestingly, if I am more active, like when I was training to run half marathon last year, I experienced less of these episodes. Mm. Because exercise helps the stress, question mark? Yeah, probably. Or maybe you're just too tired tired to have hallucinations. I also tend to fall asleep without thinking I am. And wake up talking to my husband as if he was actually talking to me, which he usually isn't. This, When this was mentioned on the show, sleep misperception, as you called it, my husband was excited to know that it's not all that strange, just kind of annoying. <laughs> I will mention to my husband that I feel like I didn't sleep at all at night when he was the one actually awake and knows that I was fully asleep. Hmm. I've also been known to have full conversations with people while I'm asleep, mostly coherent and at conversation level. My husband will sometime wake me, sometimes wake me up so I will stop talking and let him sleep. <laughs> My sister told me that I would frequently wake them up by talking when we were kids and shared a room. I also occasionally suffered from somnambulism when I was a kid. I think this pers- these people, although they sound like a very loving couple, should have separate bedrooms. Separate soundproof bedrooms. No, he's handling it. That desert poppy uh, has a, the, the, their door is locked from the outside mm, and that right. they have a ensuite bathroom so they you know, they can take, relieve themselves. They should but. sleep in separate gun ranges. Yeah. After hearing this, my husband has urged me to see if our insurance will cover a sleep study. Mm-hmm. I agree I should try it out so I can at least be diagnosed and keep working to get a handle on them. So, yeah. Desert Poppy, did you find out about your insurance and go to the sleep study? And did you get rid of your gun? These are the questions <laughs> we would like you to comment on on this uh, episode. Actually, yes. what we really want is we want Desert Poppy's husband to write us and let us know he is okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I also talk in my sleep and uh, well, sit up when I worked on a fishing boat when i came home i would sit up and and gut fish in my sleep so we just go God. through the go through the mechanical action Did you, have to, you didn't yeah. actually bring the fish in i didn't bring the awesome. fish well, no, i woke up to a fish full of gutted of a bed full of gutted <laughs> fish I'm, yeah. I'm just hoping i never slept you so well in my life locked away in a knife safe <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Cancer follow-up. Hey, oh. who doesn't love a cancer Woo, follow-up? Cancer! Who doesn't, who doesn't want cancer to follow up? I have to have follow-ups regularly with my dermatologist. <laughs> 2014, Austin, Texas. Testicular cancer survivor Thomas Cantley mm. is pushing a giant ball across America to Cantley? raise awareness for men's health. Cantley or Wontley? <laughs> <laughs> is this his own ball in a wheelbarrow that he's... Uh, well, he quit his job and sold his house to push a six-foot testicle quote oh, unquote quotes, okay quotes, from santa monica to new york city after he was diagnosed with testicular spectacular testicular so cancer. did he do this before it? he went through his cure um he was, just, like, he was diagnosed and then put, this guy put is, yeah maybe testicle in a wheelbarrow and started pushing it around Th- this guy is the That's terry a, fox of balls well maybe when you get testicular cancer they just take the testicle out right and i think that is one of the cures the end of it no sure. it's not it's uh, not Oh, I mean, it depends. It depends, right. really. On the, on the Mine went undiagnosed for three years. So it's... Oh, wow. Oh. Well, let's finish this story, and then we'll talk about your cancer. Mm-hmm. He quit his job and sold his house to push a six-foot testicle from Santa Monica to New York City after he was diagnosed with testicular cancer, according to his website, ballpush.org. <laughs> okay. All the others were taken. Mm-hmm. On an 11-city tour... No, it has to be a .org so that you know it's a charitable institution. Yes. yeah. On an 11 city tour, never deflating this ball or detaching it from himself. So he's got like a little cord. Oh, a lanyard, oh, a see. line. Yeah, there we go. Oh, okay. Oh, but it's full of air. <laughs> you don't. Th- it's not full of cancer. Well, or you it's, you'd put it's this... not like a Sisyphus kind of boulder or anything. It's a giant yeah. balloon. It's, it's yeah. a. It's a yeah. big for all balloon. intents yeah. and purposes. It's yeah. a. It's a soccer ball. It's an oversized it's yoga ball. That's oh. what he's doing. Yeah. Thomas has turned his educational awareness campaign into an adventure-packed traveling circus. <laughs> well, I. I mean, I was really kind of hoping that his. Tumor had gotten to a point where you could push it after oh, he took right. it out. Oh, right. This is right? his actual own testicle. Yeah, like that tumor. guy who had the like 130-pound right. uh, testicle. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that it would have been one of those, and he had to push his 130-pound te- testicle across America. Yeah. yeah. Now that I would have – I don't think anyone would come and sign it like they've been doing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Giant uh, I don't know. Yeah, inflatable There's, there's somebody for everything in That's this day true. and age. The That's internet true. day and age torn there. Yeah. Would you sign it? Uh, an actual tumor? An actual tumor? For sure. I would try and steal a piece of it for <laughs> <laughs> like the people do to the Great Wall of China, and yeah. to the, right. you know, well, it could have healing and, properties, and the, the and Stonehenge, right. and the it's yeah, a relic. I would like you know go to it with a sharpie 
and hidden underneath the Sharpie, like a tiny scalpel or exacto. Well, it's people like you that explains why the Stonehenge is locked behind 14 barbed wire fences. I know, I know. I I got there too late. But by the same token, this guy would thank me because I would have relieved him by like a half an ounce of uh, of pushing stuff. (laughs) If only everyone would come and take a piece (laughs) of my tumor away. That's right. His website says the entire campaign is funded by the generosity of the people he meets along the way, whether they have a personal connection with cancer or simply believe in his cause. Mm -hmm. In each city, Thomas will reach out to fellow survivors he has met online and enlist their help in establishing Mr. Ballsy as a new type of support group for men. Part personal coming-of-age story and part road tour adventure story, Mr. Ballsy is the story of how far a young man will go to earn the right to call himself Ballsy. Mr. Ballsy. The goal for the month-long trip is to fill the ball with messages from people Thomas meets along the way. Cantley's dog, Vader, is accompanying him along the way. Oh, that's nice. He is his father. I, I, I'm not sure I'm on this guy's side. Oh, really? Yeah. Down with pushing well, a giant no, ball across I, listen, the country. Hey, he's a testicular cancer survivor. Double thumbs up on that. Yeah. But the airfield, uh, why didn't he dribble a, a, like an actual soccer ball? Like Maybe th- that should have been his thing. Kicking a ball. <laughs> kicking a ball because he defeated it. So kicking his cancer ball all the way across America. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a metaphor for like you got to drag this thing with you. Yeah, but he's not dragging it. It shows him throwing it up in the air like a giant beach ball. <laughs> Okay. There's so you, photos of you just well, want it to be heavier. It feels yes. <laughs> well, this is, should be a trial, not not. For the record, San Antonio to New York is 1,800 miles. Uh, oh, was it? It doesn't come from San Antonio. Uh, Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Oh, Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, from, geez, let me do that coast. again. It's coast Santa to coast. Monica. That's even more. Yeah, it's coast to coast. I think it's important that people talk about cancer. Yeah, uh-huh. but it feels like this is a little kind of meaty-ish. When you look at the pictures and things like that, you kind of feel that he's enjoying the attention he's getting with his gigantic oh, ball. Sure, that yeah. he's carrying I'm around fine with, with that. him. When I went through it, there was no nothing. You did not have a giant. Uh, I did not have a, it. It wouldn't even have occurred to me. What kind of cancer was it? I had testicular cancer okay, as well. Here we go. Oh, yeah. There you go. All so right. I, I feel. How big was your tumor? Was it pushable? Uh, well, I had several tumors because, like I say, mine went undiagnosed for a long time. Right. So okay. It had kind of made its way out of my testicle and into the rest of my body. Un- until you woke up one day and your wound, your wife punched you in the testicle. And <laughs> ah. you were like, said, get to you it, were aiming for my chest. That is way bigger than it should be. <laughs> oh, no, that's where his sexomnia resided <laughs> in his tumor. Right. It was probably the size of a grapefruit. Oh, oh holy crap. Yeah. That, that is a big tumor to have in your ball. Yeah, that kind of got me concerned. But right. before that, it had shrunk down to the size of a walnut. Oh, and I went to the doctor about that, and he's like, "Don't worry, plug your urethra; it'll it'll just kind of fix itself." So oh. I was like, "Okay," and a little while later, <laughs> turns to the size of a grapefruit. I'm like, "Go back to him." He's like, "Oh, that's different. Um, let me think what I can think of now." <laughs> oh, how did my flag this? <laughs> yeah. Not that I was wrong before, right. but uh-huh. you have a really powerful urethra that's filling your chest. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So you went through chemotherapy, about a half a year of chemotherapy, and two stomach operations. As well as an orchiectomy, which is the removal of the testicle. Uh-huh. Oh, which was or- going to be. Orchiectomy. Yes, that's what it's mm. called. Or, or would an orchiotomy be that? First, it was an orchi something or other, otomy, All which right. is just looking at it and saying, what the heck's going on? Right. But as yeah. soon as the doctor saw it, he said, you we got to ecto that. You, I'm going to ecto you now. This is an ectomy. Yeah. Right. Let's ectocize this. Yeah. To me, I thought, well, they're just going to come in through the scrotum. That's like the quickest way to the testicle. Right. It's not, though. They actually cut you like kind of near your hip. Like like appendix style? Yeah. Oh. And they kind of cut you there. Why? And then but what's weird is it was day surgery. Why is I that was, weird? Well, this seems weird. I was, went in at noon and I was out at four. I was home at four. Oh, I see. Four in the oh. afternoon. Okay. I was home. Right. By day and surgery, he doesn't mean that they did it during daylight hours. <laughs> that's right. Hours. That's usually when surgeries because happen. Th- most of my doctors are vampires, and I found <laughs> right. it odd that they were operating at that time of day. It's like, aren't you sleeping? <laughs> yeah. But operating big, rooms got oh, our big cloaks on. ORs and don't have windows to the outside, though. That's true. 
didn't know the garlic in the room. But that <laughs> was a bad idea. I shouldn't have had that garlic bread at lunch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was weird. And like, I was home, and I not only was I home, but I was swinging off the the banister at home when I got. Like I just felt fine. I felt like right. woohoo! They cut out a ball. Like it, I was lighter, I guess, and more ah, balanced. I was about to say, no wonder. Bring in your step. <laughs> you see, this is my uh, taking. I feel a like a grapefruit has been lifted. Grapefruit sized weight has been lifted from me. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was that? Uh, I was twenty-five, so that was uh, almost twenty-three oh, yeah. years ago. So, yeah. so when the doctor uh, cut into this grapefruit-sized testicle, did it squirt in his eye like a grapefruit? Oh, oh yeah. Ah! I hope so. But I think he just pulled it out and sent it to get biopsied. Oh, right. he's no fun. Yeah, uh-huh. but and then he played bocce with it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so sent it to a guy so you can push it across America. He yeah, gave it to somebody. They put it in the big ball. Yeah, they put it in the big ball of, they should of do. tumors. It yeah. should be full of stuff inside it. it should, okay, if you're gonna have that, if you're gonna <laughs> push that thing across America, fill it full of tumors. You actually have to. You have to. You don't push the the tumor itself. You push a big sharps box. No, I'm fine with it being round, waste. right? You know, you can roll it, but it needs to be full of uh, X testicles. Right. Yeah. Then I'd be impressed. Can we get this guy in the show so Kevin can diss his yeah, that's <laughs> walking across America with a giant ball? I'm going to call you out. I'm calling you out. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of think it's important to talk about it. Because when I went through it, you just you got out the other end and they're just like, good, so long. See you later. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming. Like, Welcome to the future. Welcome to the future. Then you're... I was going like through some serious post-traumatic stress and right. yeah. feeling really depressed after this. Then I went to my doctor and I was like, I feel really low. Like It's weird. He's like, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be there fine. There was no support groups. There was no... <laughs> we there was nothing like that. When, it was weird. When was this? In the 90s. The ni- right. You would... That was okay. right when Fight Club came out. Yeah. 99. Your doctor oh. sucks. Like, if we're calling anybody else, it's going to be yeah. a doctor. He First off, we should make him man. push a giant it's, tumor around yeah. across the country. Now it's we're shrunk down to walnut size. I just, Meh. This was a different doctor. I switched doctors oh, okay. because I, I wasn't very happy with the, mis- the two-year or three-year misdiagnosis. Of yeah. Because my- it, yeah, it had gone out. It had left my, my testicle because it was an adventurous cancer. It wanted to see the world. So right. it, uh. it left there. It kind of wrapped itself around my glands, went fit through, through my intestines. Oh. And then it parked near my pancreas and started to grow there. I just had this giant fist-sized uh, tumor by my pancreas pressing on my spine. Oh, uh-huh. wow. And so I wonder why I just had this chronically sore back all the time. At the uh-huh. So were there more uh, operations? Was there all just chemo to get rid of it? No, no. The uh, first operation was a stomach operation. I went into the hospital, and uh, that's an interesting experience because you have to be like clean like a pipe for that. So right, they give right. you this... At they that time, I'm sure it's all much... It's so much more easy now, but this mm. was back in the days when they opened you up. And so they gave you these like these three bottles of colonic lavage it's called lavage. And it's just the most terrible chemical you've ever tasted so you're drinking this chemical and all it does is make you pee out of your bum oh, good. and yeah. eventually you're just peeing the chemical out of your bum that's, right. that's the best part and then you're like a pipe they're right. like you're ready to go okay got so it then, we've cleaned you out so after the, then then i went and they opened me up they took all my organs out and piled them on a table beside me and looked around. <laughs> and then they said... I, I assume you weren't conscious at the time. I, yeah, no, I wasn't. And uh, then they looked and said, they went, oh, this is terrible. We don't have enough blood or any kind of preparation for this. So they put everything back in. <laughs> we'll do this later. Stitch me back up. And then when I woke up, they said, we're going to send you for chemo because this is, this is bad. Uh, but they don't um, say it's bad. No, They say, they don't. it's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get you through this and... You know, you're sitting there, you're like... Everything's fine. We're going to nearly kill you with poison. Yeah. Right. We, we opened you you're up like, and realized that there's an orc that we need to remove. <laughs> right? You know, that is that's rampaging right. its that's way big. across your Middle Earth, so to speak. 
I'm glad he put right? it that way. It seemed much more seemed much more interesting. <laughs> he, 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 I've he, read that book. He started out and, and was like, "Have you read?" Uh, However, I dropped this ring in your Sauron volcano oh, yeah, there's while there's I was in there. Yeah. I'm going to be your Tom Bombadil. Uh-huh. Then after that, I went. Um, well, actually, between my chemo, starting chemo and getting out of the hospital, I went to a Morrissey concert. Okay. That was fun. Okay. Yes. I had to wear right. a long shirt. That I couldn't seems, my pants up. Because that, being ballless, you had to be among your people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That seems thematically oh. appropriate. <laughs> so I went there. A lot of yeah, gloomy songs. and It was a really good concert, actually. It's like the, one of the best shows I ever saw. Mm-hmm. But um, and you, you know, when you don't know what's happening, you should, you know, with your life, you should try and do as much as you can. You I'm surprised Morrissey doesn't have There's a Cancer in My Ball song. <laughs> He, I think he does have cancer right now, doesn't he? Yeah. He hasn't said what it is, but mm-hmm. it could be. He, mm-hmm. he could be hearing a song. He might have soon. Yeah, so then I started chemo, which is terrible, by the way. Right. Like, I don't recommend it to anybody. No, but not even okay. just for an adventure. Not even, just not, for, not, even for, not for fun. And Mine was a week on, uh, three weeks off. They've got you peeing in a cup and writing down how much you pee. And even today, if I'm doing like a really vigorous work or something like that, I can taste the cisplatinum, the chemo drug still inside me. That'll come. What? Yeah. And sometimes when I'm sleeping at night, my wife can smell it in the room. What? Yeah. Oh. So it stays forever inside you. You never. <laughs> but it tastes like peanut butter. No, uh. it, doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And my last stomach operation was just what the first one was supposed to be, which was open me up, take out the big mm, take out the tumor, nasties. and mm-hmm. and clean out some of the stuff around it. The problem is when they're scraping around inside you, is they like they cut my nerve that uh, causes you to spurt. So I was unable to. So I wasn't. Supposed oh, to, I see. Yeah, ejaculate. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't able the, to the ejaculate. Spurt part of Gespert. Yeah, so yeah, did they right. do that on purpose? I don't know. It's because there's so many nerves there that they're just scraping away. And oh, it, it, no. seems like, it seems like somebody maybe, maybe was making a judgment call. But like, we don't need more of this guy. <laughs> oh, say, well, like, we don't know yeah, more of him. That could be. Let's I, just uh, snip, snip on the old ejaculation. Yeah. I or, just took it as an accident. Or a request uh, from your wife. Yeah. Could, uh, yeah. Could <laughs> Listen, been. when he's asleep, I, can you do something yeah. about that? But nerves are magic. So they... they Somehow found each other and reattached. Oh, oh nice! That's, oh, good. That's yeah. why I have children, and that's why there was a happy ending. That's right. There uh, you go. In more ways than one. <laughs> Hoarding follow-up, 2014 Cheshire, Connecticut. Okay. Officers responded on a Thursday to check on Beverly Mitchell, 66, after a postman reported mail was piling up, but they were not actually able to get into the house until the following Saturday because the structural damage to the first floor was so significant. Uh, structural damage to the first floor in what way? Well, a neighbor who described Mitchell as a hoarder to the extreme who rarely left home said trash was packed from the floor to the ceiling inside the home. She saved newspapers. She saved every piece of paper. I think mm-hmm. she just kind of packed herself right in there without realizing that this was what she was doing, the neighbor said. Right. Once they were able to get inside, police found Mitchell's body in the basement of the home she'd lived in for decades. She had apparently been living in the basement. The first floor had given way and Mitchell's body was found buried in the rubble. Oh, wow. so she was living in the basement yeah. because there was no room left in the house yeah. because she had hoarded so much paper. But then the paper weighed so much that it actually collapsed Lapsed. the first floor yeah. and it crushed her. Emergency crews had to tear open a wall and use an excavator to sift through all the trash. One neighbor hadn't seen Mitchell in a month. Some didn't even know that Mitchell was still living in the home. Mm-hmm. The home is considered a hazmat situation, according to police. Authorities expect to demolish the home, but have not announced when that will happen. Yeah. Mitchell's remains were taken to the state medical examiner's office for an autopsy. The cause of death is unknown, but police say there are no signs of foul play. But what about the paper torn? Did the paper make it? The paper made it. Oh. The paper is okay. Her life's work is complete. Yes. <laughs> 
It's a strange thing. And is there a difference between uh, collecting and hoarding? Do you think? Like, I think I think it's like alcoholism. it depends. Are you collecting poo or are you collecting D and D miniatures? <laughs> yeah, I think it's got something to do with. It's just like alcoholism, right? You, you know, when it begins to negatively impact your life, mm-hmm. then that becomes a problem. And before that, it, you were just super fun. <laughs> super fun. Yeah. I, I have a friend who, um, when I first met him, he lived in a bachelor farmhouse in Langley, and a bachelor farmhouse was a. There were homes that were built by men who came over from Europe, the plan was usually to build a small house right. and then eventually bring this woman that they had loved and, le- and left behind them. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. They would join, come over to join them. But usually in that time period between coming here, establishing themselves, building a house, the loved one in the old country had married and moved on with right. their lives. <sighs> and right. so what was left with this poor bachelor... And they're just oh women, am I right, guys? <laughs> Darn them! All I did was leave them for years. Their need, yeah. their need to have children and move on with their lives. Uh, so this guy or these guys, usually like a four room house, would have like a, a living room sort of area, a bedroom, a bedroom, a kitchen, and then there might be a, a, usually an outhouse. Right. With okay. it. So when I met this guy, he had uh, two rooms that were dedicated to his books. Hmm. Okay. And then he had another room dedicated to his records, and that was also his bedroom. Okay. And but you could sit and talk in the living room. And listen to music and have a pleasant chat right. for a while. And eventually, a wall of books grew up between you and him. And so like then, while you were having the conversation? Well, it yeah. felt like it. It just yeah. seemed to happen overnight. <laughs> but like yeah. The next time you came in, you're like, what happened to being able to see each other while we were talking? And so then we moved to the kitchen. But the same thing happened there. Oh, God. The, right. the kitchen just became this area of bookshelves and, and hmm. things. And eventually, that also was crushing against us. Not to mention the house was unheated and had no insulation. That didn't help any. So the oh, books so maybe he was just yeah. insulating it. Yeah, maybe he was a just, dedicated you know, insulator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All but, these books are called the same thing, how to heat your home. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> to me, that feels like hoarding more than collecting. Right. That does when, you've turned, like when you've got like a – when your your library is a giant Jenga pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. or you throw out your armchair and make an armchair out of books, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you just throw a pillow on a pile of books. And you're like, this is my new armchair now. I don't have room for it anymore. The only good thing about books is that they're easy to pack and, and take away. Because eventually he was evicted from this house when when they developed the area. And so mm-hmm. the house was torn down. He had to move. And I think he was in shock because he'd been there for about 20 years. He tried years. to build a moving truck out of books. <laughs> books. Yeah. Like, why isn't this going? Just stick wheels. <laughs> just, just stick wheels on his book He just piled collection. all the books outside and he's just standing amongst them. This is my house. This is my this new is house. My house. <laughs> yeah. You can't move me. All, we had to take them all to storage because uh-huh. he just... Right. He was in such denial that he couldn't even like pr- like plan ahead to, to rent yeah, a place to move yeah. stuff to. Near the end, when I was throwing away his Tabasco sauce bottle collection, uh-huh. I said to him, if you want to bring it, you pack it. That's my, that's my feeling about right. your Tabasco sauce bottle collection. Right. And by the way, your honey bottle collection as well. <laughs> oh, I'm not wow. packing that. Wow. What did he do for a living? He wasn't a librarian, was he? Oh, uh, he ran a bookstore. Oh, there you go. So, wow. um, so yeah, and he was a really good. Book so he dealer. had kind of an excuse. It's like, had, oh, this is all just you know well, future. He had an excuse, like a heroin dealer has an excuse right. to be sell heroin and also be an addict. Right, so it's also mm. gets a good excuse. Yeah, I've yeah. watched a few episodes of Hoarders, and it's, it always seems to be like the same thing. Like mm-hmm. no matter what you pick up. And say, it's let's essential. get rid of this. There's a reason that they want to have yeah. it, and the yeah. reason yeah. they can't get rid of it. And in spite of the fact that you cannot, ra- you know, you, if you question it any further than that one yeah. specific reason, then they get agitated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. There's a lot of agitation. Yes. And, like, and it always ends with, like, just put it down. Put it back where you found it. <laughs> we'll deal with that later. We'll deal with that, we'll yeah. Deal that later. Yeah, compulsive hoarding yeah. is, is kind of defined by that unwillingness to finally get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm a bit of a hoarder. 
Like, I love books myself. I have right. two rooms of books in my house. Uh-huh. And I have a lot of records and CDs. When was the last time you... Has your book collection ever gotten smaller? Have you ever said, yeah, it's time to get rid of a few No, I, no I can't do that. Okay. Right. I can't do that. Yeah. I tried. I tried. I was oh, like, I'm going to get rid of all the books I don't think I need. But really, I needed them all. Well, oh, What's going to happen when you can get them all digitally and have them all on your on your tablet? Screw and you that. Really? You are, yeah. you are, I mean, I have a I have an e-reader, and I, I do like it. Right. You are one but, cranky old man phase away from being exactly. on a TV show. <laughs> but I love the I love the physical artifact. I love having that old record or that old book. Right. Oh and, yeah. And these my are books. The, these are the early concerts. This 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 <laughs> yeah. episode is going to be used as evidence in more than one uh, lawsuit or civil case. It's true. Before it's true. before the it's end true. is near. I can look through so many of my books, and they'll they'll be. Uh, Sky train tickets and or bus passes right. in them yeah. to show show me when I was reading them. Like, oh yeah, diaries. when 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 your house collapses and crushes a first responder <laughs> and uh, you become civilly liable, uh, your admissions on this oh, show. These are all my diaries. It's all in the basement for now, guys. Be used against you in court for sure. Fisticuffs follow up. Oh, hmm. October two thousand fourteen, Brighton Township, Pittsburgh. Okay, the Heritage Valley Beaver Hospital. <laughs> so it's OBGYNs? No, no, they cure beavers there. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Broken tails, chipped teeth. I got it. I got it. The birth of a baby brought out the worst in two great grandmothers after they came to blows in the maternity ward. Oh, that, okay. That sounds completely believable, actually. Uh-huh. Police say first words were exchanged and then fists until the great grandmothers were kicked out of the hospital. I want to know what those words were. Mm. Uh-huh. You tallywagger. <laughs> Why you snipper pooper? <laughs> the criminal complaint says a great grandmother allegedly started a fight because all because of a comment that was made by another relative. Mm-hmm. Shirley Irvin, seventy-two, was waiting in the maternity ward for her great grandchildren to be born. Her grandson mm-hmm. is the father of the twins. Okay, is what uh, mm-hmm. was being born? Yep. Other relatives were in the waiting room with her, including Carol Alberts, the great grandmother of the woman giving birth. Right, so we got got Carol, Carol, and Shirley. Shirley, all right. Mm -hmm. The complaint says Alberts made a comment to her daughter, stating that she was worried about her great grandbabies. Irvin overheard the comment. Sounds like there's more to the comment. Than yeah, it's more like here. I'm worried about these babies because that girl is such a whore or yeah. something along those lines. She probably <laughs> has AIDS and is passing it on to them. Or well, well Alberts is the great grandmother of the woman. Right. So she'd yeah. be making disparaging remarks about the father, I but guess. Irvin approached her and they started arguing. Irvin hit and shoved Alberts in the upper part of the chest and arm, leaving a small mark on her arm. Albert's a small fist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well great grandmothers do bruise like a grape. Yeah, that's true. It might not have been much of a hit at all. <laughs> Albert's daughter intervened. Then Irvin swung and punched her on the left side of her head, knocking her cochlear hearing implant off her head and onto the floor. Wow. 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 It was that... finally cleaned of the wax in it. Yeah. I can hear. (laughs) Security asked all the women involved in the fight to leave the maternity ward. The great-grandmother has been charged with simple assault and harassment. The older generation is not setting a very good example here. No. That's my feeling. David, uh, what's your fight history? What's your fist fight history? My fight history. uh, My friend and I, we were leaving. I can't remember the name of the pool. It's in Westminster. It was used in the Commonwealth Games, this pool. It had the full height of like the highest diving platform you can have oh. got it mm-hmm. and we love to go there to jump off that we never dove off that platform that would be crazy i'm hoping the story ends with you guys fighting on the diving board <laughs> uh, <laughs> really hope yeah. the highest be, diving board in the world that would make uh-huh. sense because uh-huh. i was in the change room and this guy 
was wearing a vet shirt, a Corvette shirt. You know, remember the old days we would wear shirts with plastic, like iron-on transfers? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So he had his iron-on transfer that said vet. And I made a joke. I just, well, I didn't even make a joke. I just said to my friend, that would be a car I would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be down with the vet. Is that is that a is that a terrible comment that I made? How dare you? It seems it seemed harmless. You to making me. fun of my shirt? <laughs> That's what it became. Maybe right. we get outside. No, no, no. You know what he was? He was the first world's first hipster. He was wearing that ironically. He was totally <laughs> he did totally a Camaro guy. <laughs> he didn't. That's uh, right. I, I should have known by his trucker hat. Yeah. Right. We get outside, and I had bought a Country Time lemonade. I had just finished swimming. I needed something. To- country time for yeah. all your lemonade needs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, for all your soda country is currently looking for advertising sponsors. You know that you know that, that it's going to be the best lemonade because it's made in the country, right? Yeah. In and, time, and they spend time on. it. They spend some time yeah. on it. I was drinking it. This guy confronts us in the parking lot. Then he punched me in the chin. Oh wow! Like oh. so, then I was really mad. So I took the country time. Thing and I smashed him in the face with it. Oh yeah, a million household uses. Wait, country time yeah, lemonade. Exactly, people. country time lemonade for all your fighting needs, for so all your for thirst self-defense. quenching I, uh, and self defense needs. I don't know if I broke his nose, but it looked like it, and I had cut the ridge of his nose with the with the edge of the can. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so he fell down. And so then it's his aluminum can. His friend got really offended and said he was going to call the police. So then my friend and I, we ran away. That's what I'm taking away from this is mm-hmm. never confront anybody with Country Time Lemonade in oh their Oh, my hand. God. Never do that. Yeah, because uh, those guys are the baddest asses. My other big fight was, uh, do you guys know the band Sloan? Yeah. Yes. you know them? Now, when you go to a Sloan concert, they're like the kindest band you'll ever... Oh. They're so Canadian no in their way. No peeing on the audience for they them. They don't no. pee on the audience. They're no spitting on the audience. Like, I was at one show, and some guy was, was roughhousing in the crowd. He was jumping around and bashing into people. Okay. He's moshing. They, they got he's him moshing. thrown out. Right. They're like, hey, you're bumping into the tweeners. They're here to see us. This is not acceptable. Get him out of here. Yeah. And then another show I was at with them, uh, some guy was groping a girl in the crowd. You have seen Sloan more than once? More than, more than twice. And. Well, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think anybody fit that description. I like Sloan. I like Sloan a lot. Uh, have you seen them more than twice live? I don't think I've even seen them once. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more. That's I, more their speed. I'm a concert goer, guys. All right. So then, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a concert goer too. I don't believe I've it. If seen... you haven't seen Sloan more than once, <laughs> yeah. you are not a yeah. concert goer. You're not certainly a not a Canadian you concert go, goer. You go to the concert no matter what's playing, Kevin. Yeah. I have seen the Darkest of the Hillside Tickets dozens of times. <laughs> well, that's, that seems okay. Anyway, uh, so I went to, to this concert, and of course, my wife and I got there, and we got right in front of the stage. We had this great viewpoint of the band right, right. in the center of the stage. The catbird yeah. seat, if you will. The I know, I know seat. how this goes. Okay. Some asshole comes in and tries to budge and push you over. Exactly. He came, this guy there. came, and there's no one else around us, and he's just like stood beside me. And just kind of leans into you? Then he started into leaning into you? Yeah. onto me. Yep. And he was that leaning. was me again. Yeah. Was that you? Uh, no. You're one of those? No, no, no. The budger. Yeah, no, Torn, no. Torn doesn't <laughs> like human contact of any kind. It offends so your playground ethics when someone starts doing this, right? Oh, yeah, you yeah. learn not to budge. Yeah. So this guy, he was using his elbow, and he was and he was leaning against me so hard, I could lift my leg off the ground and lean against him and right. be supported. Right. No, so you know what you do. And there's nobody beside him. Is that you just his like... His girlfriend was there as okay. well. You, you jump back six inches, and he falls down, and then you step over his I prone guess, body back I guess I could have done that, but what I did instead was I lost my temper, and I hip-checked him. Right. And because he was so off balance, he flew about 10 feet away from oh, me. Oh, nice. And then, but he came running at me. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, so as he came running towards yeah, me. You're going to get a fight at a slow had his, concert. This you, is seriously gonna, the gonna, only time this has ever You're going to get kicked out. Yeah. He had his fist raised like he was going to punch me. He came right. running towards me with his fist out. And so I grabbed his arms that came towards me and twisted into my arm. Oh. Dipped him backwards like we were dancing. Then I grabbed <laughs> him by the throat. kissed thr- him gently. I grabbed him by the throat. And then I wasn't angry anymore. Right. Yeah. So right. then I, I had this person wrapped up with my hand <laughs> around his throat. And I was like in this kind of calm moment. So I just said, please don't push me. 
<laughs> right. And then I let him go. Yeah. And, and uh, he was like, I just assaulted a fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I am going to be good. But unfortunately, it was seen. And so the bouncers came and they oh, made a yeah. stand on either side of the stage. Oh, so you both had and shitty seats. we both seats. had shitty viewpoints of the, yeah. of the show. And it was too bad for us. All right. I should have lost my temper. started it. Yeah, it doesn't work. I'd like to introduce the lesser of two evils. Da-da-da-da. Uh, this is uh, related to horses, which we spend a lot of time in this follow-up talking about. Yes. Mm. Um, That's because they're so cute. The Aren't process they? of executing via drawing and quartering. Right. Dismemberment by this method was carried out in the medieval and early modern era by tying a person's limbs to chains or other restraints, right. then attaching the restraints to separate movable entities, e.g. vehicles, and moving them in opposite directions, also referred to as disruption or being drawn and quartered. It could be brought about by chaining four horses to the condemned's arms and legs, right. thus making them pull him apart, yes. as was the case with the executions of François Ravaillac in 1610 and Robert-François Damiens in 1757. A rope was attached to each of the limbs of the criminal, one being bound round each leg from the foot to the knee and round each arm from the wrist to the elbow. These ropes were then fastened to four bars to each of which a strong horse was harnessed as if for towing a barge. Yes. These horses were first made to give short jerks and when the (laughs) agony had elicited heart-rending cries from the unfortunate man who felt his limbs being dislocated without being broken, the four horses were all suddenly urged on with the whip in different directions and thus all the limbs were strained at one moment. Yep. If the tendons and ligaments still resisted the combined efforts of the four horses... <laughs> that's you've got some powerful ligaments. That's right. The executioner could assist by making several cuts with a hatchet on each joint. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little... That... Loosening. ...is drawing and quartering. How about having a terrible dream? Ostriches may or may not be involved. Okay, all right. Maybe, perhaps Joes are involved. And when you maybe, wake up... Maybe, being, maybe being, fighting off a flock of Joes. Yeah, being berated by Joes. And you wake up to find you have a hammer in one hand and an axe in the other. Uh-huh. Killed your whole family. You've killed, you've killed at least one family member and horribly mutilated uh, two or three others. Uh, and left one with only a nick on his ear. And left mm-hmm. one with only a nick on the ear. All right. The one you don't like. <laughs> the one, members, the one you, I, like, yeah. I, left, I left my brother Mike with a nick on his ear. Yeah. We all, each okay. of us only have one brother. Okay. As for siblings. Okay. So. All right. But like, say that you're at a family reunion. Okay. Okay. And, and you, you, you wipe out <laughs> But some... they have to be relatives that you like. So maybe yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like your parents. Maybe a, that cool uncle and a couple of cousins. and <laughs> Not the creepy uncle. The cool one. Yeah. No. The cool one. <laughs> who like gave you your first beer when you were like 15 right. or something. Right? Taught you how to play guitar. All right. So you massacre all your loved ones in a night of, of rage right. after being mm. uh, tormented by Joe's and, and it's not just And it's not just uh, relatives by blood as well. It yeah. can be your. Your significant other people you care yeah. about, yeah. Well, well, you have me, a, you have a proper family. I have family. an actual family. Yeah. So this this to me seems like it's a no brainer. Okay. I mean, I have two daughters and a wife. Right. So Which daughter is getting only the nick? <laughs> you don't have to answer well, it that. Seems <laughs> to go, it seems to go from oldest to youngest in, in order of attack. Doesn't it seem that way in most? Times that pe- people kill their family. Well, the they, older ones are they bigger. They go in a right. systematic order. Well, the oh, the older ones are bigger, so they're easier to hit. If right. you're swinging randomly, you're probably going to hit them first. Yeah, yeah. Well, me personally, I yes. mean, uh, the term "loved one" is a loaded question, right? You know, I mean, you know, loved or is it loved, right? Right. You know, I mean, mandatory uh, loving by blood. Yes, yeah, mandatory loving or people I actually like, right? right. You know, and uh, but uh, drawing a quartering sounds terrible, but. It only goes on for like a couple of minutes of agonizing pain. And you don't have to live with the guilt of hacking a whole bunch of people to death. Yeah, if it was just immediate, like just my own family, 
I mean, it would be a much harder decision to make. Right. Well, okay. So, David, the, the, you're obviously skewing heavily towards the drawing and quartering. Then is what the impression. Oh I'm yeah. From you. Here's yeah. another question for you. Do you have four horses that you really like? <laughs> no, we have two. Oh, so two of these horses are the horses that are killing you. Well, they're just. Does that make it better or worse? It makes it, I'm, I'm neutral because they're right. just doing their job. They have no. Right. They right. have no moral sense. They don't know what the heck's going on. You okay. might as well just use four tractors for all that matters. Uh-huh. Do you think? Because you're like you know you're kind of being pulled in four different directions. Your head would be laying back. You yeah. would have a perfect. I would feel like a dad. Well, no, you'd have a perfect view of the bottoms of their feet as they were galloping away from That's you. Right. <laughs> a critical you know, moment. But uh, here's the thing: like you'd look yeah. at their shoes and go oh what a terrible job and yeah. be distracted for mm-hmm. a second or would you drive you crazy that at your po- like the point of your death yeah. oh, insult you to injury yeah if it was my horses of course then they have perfectly fine shoeing jobs but right. uh yeah someone else's horse i could be critical of the job I so think. would that turn your would that turn the <laughs> tide a very for good you shoeing job why do they do that would that turn the tide for you would that steer you away <laughs> from uh, drawing and quartering no no it wouldn't it would right. just help to distract me from the agony agonizing death i guess yeah so how long do we suppose that this drawing and quartering takes altogether? Well, they Certainly. do those, those initial jerks. Yeah. Those suck. It's, it's like a couple of minutes at What most. about the anticipation? Because the drawing part is the bringing you to where you're going to be quartered. No, no, no. By, the drawing like part is where they, they, they pop all your joints out of place with the short jerks. That's the drawing. Is it? The quartering yeah. is when you're pulled in four pieces. I'm not sure if that's correct. That is correct. All right. Yes, that is correct. The quartering is is when your body comes apart. Yes, that mm-hmm. part I understand. Yeah. But don't don't doesn't just kind of shock enter into it. So eventually, the agonizing element of it kind of fades into sort of a muffled well, feeling. Well, I mean, of, they do. I mean, they, the first hand accounts do describe the screamings of agony. So I, there is at least. Oh, I know. I have no doubt. Yeah. The screaming agony. of agony. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. Eventually, the agony fades into. Yeah, but that's I don't kind think of it, a feeling of overall. Well, maybe they, maybe I, I you get that with your family on. too. I agree for a while that I killed my family, but after <laughs> you know, I get on with my life and I have uh, a new family. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help it. it wasn't I, me. Yeah, I mean, it was my body. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't me mm-hmm. doing right. it. Right, but you don't think they would leave an emotional scar? Oh, totally. Yeah, okay, <laughs> just to, trying to argue what you might be able to do. There uh, will be therapy. I don't, yeah, I don't think I could. Did I commit treason? And that's how I got – that's how I <laughs> – I think there were probably back in the medieval era, there were a lot of things you could do to yeah. get drawn and quartered. Because that might play into it. That might play into my decision. Would it, would it make it – would it help you if it was treason? I think it actually probably would. Okay. Well, let's make it treason then. Sure. You committed high treason <laughs> and that's what got you Why? Why does that strapped help you? to four horses. Because I'm thinking of the Harper government right now. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, okay. I would totally be drawn and quartered. You would take that. F you yeah. to Harper. Okay. Right. 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 So like, I did something horrible – in Braveheart style, you'd yell, Harper! <laughs> like, just as you were torn in four I like, pieces. I like that it makes sense to you that you would be drawn and quartered by yes. the Harper government. Well, it's, it's <laughs> like, yeah. They may take so my backwards. life, but they'll never take my socialized medicine! <laughs> and they will take your arms and legs, though. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Then again, Torn, you could uh, set yourself up in a situation where Harper is one of your loved ones, and then you wake up and murder him. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, you can't do that. No, <laughs> no I'm drawn and quartered. Simply because you don't want to kill all your loved ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of selfish. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't bear that. I, but I, that's just for my. Opposite. That's for my own family. Yeah. Like, I'd be more. I'd be just more ambivalent if it was my in-laws. Like, it was like my my parents and my brothers. Like pff, they whatever. lived a full and boring life. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. They've, they've done annoying me. Uh-huh. <laughs>
okay, so it would happen. It wasn't actually your fault because like yeah, you didn't yeah. need to do it. Uh-huh. And after it's done, you could dedicate your life to doing good to try and make up for it. Whereas oh. with the drawing and quartering, you're done. Yeah, you could right. push your a life ball. Over. Yeah, yeah. Push a ball around America. You could push. You could push like a, a, a ball that ball. looks like <laughs> looks like the head of your now dead wife. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. Could, that would be horrible. Maybe, uh, you have to do it in your pajamas. You have to juggle uh, axes and hammers That's right, axes. across America. Yes. Or walk across America without ever sleeping again because uh-huh. you're too dangerous. <laughs> I, the question is, and when you, you die and the other one you live, and uh-huh. can you live with what you've done as a living person or, or are you willing to accept horrible death? Thank you for I, nicely encapsulating I, the I, conundrum, I, uh, David Edrick. I don't know if I could live with that. I mean, I guess we're good at covering those up, but thinking about whether I could or not, I, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I have to choose the All drawing right, and quartering. Two for drawing and quartering. But only one of your relatives actually gets killed, right? No, no, no. Well, several. Uh, only one lives. Two lived oh, no, in this case. Yeah, two yeah. lived. Yeah. yeah, that's right. One horribly two, disfigured. Two killed. Two alive. Yeah. I think I have to agree with the, with the, uh, I choose drawn and quartered. You're right. It is kind of a selfish choice because it's it's thinking about the after it's done whether or not you could deal with it. Like like uh-huh. even knowing that you know something in it's your brain a, broke. How is it, part it's not of a it. selfish choice though. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's selfish, is if you drawn and quartered or kill your family and cure cancer. That's a selfish choice if you choose drawn and quartered. Mm-hmm. But if it's just kill your family, I don't see how that's a selfish choice. I mean, it's self sacrifice. Well, but the thing to... that's bothering you about it is knowing how you're going to feel after. Right, uh-huh. no, no, that those emotions only... that those emotions are no, no. are going to be unbearable. <laughs> no, no, you're missing a step. The thing that bothers me is that I killed my family. <laughs> yeah, that would be the thing that bothers me. But they bothers you. But it bothers you because the, your emotions make you feel bad. If you don't well, have emotions well, that make you well, feel yeah. bad about it, because you're not well, a monster, I'm David. Not a robot. Like the rest you of us, you could be fine. Here's the thing. I mean, what you guys aren't taking into account is, okay. yes. is the book tours and the <laughs> daytime shows and right. all these things that will inevitably follow. Yeah. As a result of you telling your story, you're right. You're the sympathetic character here. Drawing right? and quartering yeah. it is. And, Fuck book toys. And and <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then there's the inevitable groupies that come as a result of that, and you'll have sure. that family replaced in no time. No matter how good your family is now, you yeah. can probably find a better one. There's yeah, a better one out there. I could seriously upgrade my family. Right. Like, there's no doubt about it. I mean, <laughs> oh, there was just I saw through the window a little. Uh, oh, is Mike listening to this? <laughs> oh, flipping Uh-oh. up the bird. <laughs> 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 I thought. It was going to be the slow, silent tear. <laughs> so you're choosing. Oh, I, I'm taking. The I'm taking the family slaughter for sure. Because okay. uh, I can. I can move on. I don't think and that ex- will be a and problem. And exploited, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, what good is a family if you can't exploit them? That's true. I mean, I do make my daughters wash dishes. There you go. Hey. Same thing. Same thing entirely. Same thing. Yes. Thanks for coming on to Cosmic Oh, Thanks for having us. me. It's been a lot of fun. And we can find you on SneakyDragon.com. Yes, you can. You'll find me there. And on the iTunes. Every week. And on iTunes, yes. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled. To say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We will. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while eating gluten. 
To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Visit us at our homes. Tap on our windows. Watch us while we sleep. Haunt our dreams. Thanks for listening. So that actually isn't a fisticuffs. No, it was attempted fisticuffs. It was a uh, a, fisticuffs are dumb. Nosticuffs. (laughs) Yeah. Follow up. It was a mysticuffs. There you go. Yes. Yes. Very good. I I think we know which story is going to hit the cutting room floor. I don't think I've ever heard anybody proudly proclaim that they're an expert mime. (laughs) I'm an expert nut mime, fellas. Uh, (laughs) It depends when you grew up. Well, because normally they can't talk, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. So you, they, you, they they show me that they're an mm-hmm. excellent mime. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's no, true. No truly excellent mime would ever, <laughs> ever say, say that. They're an excellent that they're, mime. You, you just, uh, and now we're on a podcast, so just yeah. imagine that I'm standing that's up right. and making the... <laughs> My, oh, he's looking, he looks like he's in a box. He's in a box, everybody. Wow, that is a really good box. Sure is windy out now. Oh, I my goodness. I think this guy is an expert mime. What is he pulling towards us? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>